welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Ethan Hoffman. Now, Ethan, we this is going to be our last pod before the NBA draft that is coming up on Thursday. The last pod before Cade Cunningham is a Detroit Piston. And, Ethan, nothing brings me, I, I don't know, it's a bold statement, but nothing brings me more joy than... than uh, Draft, draft, draft podcasts, and and you know what? I've listened to a lot of them. Time for us to make one. Unfortunately, Ethan, we've we've not done as much work this year as last year for obvious reasons. But nonetheless, it's we, we started here, and we're, we're we're here again. We we or I can't say we we didn't do anything. Right. Richard up up upheld the uh, the aggregate and the prospect sheet consensus rank page so we still have everyone pulled together and how it turned uh, churns out from there but yeah no in terms of watching watching prospects partially because the nba season went longer because of you know the covid <laughs> and partially just due to you know honestly just like being so excited to go get out and about and do things again um definitely just wasn't trapping myself in in my room to watch you know random college games as much because there was there was things to be done, Richard, and we hadn't got to do things in a while. So very, very happy. Honestly, I I, I regret nothing. I regret nothing. It, it's I mean, again, last year going through that stretch without sports, and it's like, what? What do we fill it with? Let's go ahead and fill it with this. And and now we're like sports saturated, and every got the Olympics happening right now, and Team USA is losing again. Um, and, and so it, it's you know what? It's okay. And I will say, I I've probably let down my end of the bargain just a little bit when the Pistons got the first pick. It's like, all right, Cade Cunningham, let's let's just move on. And not, not really having to, you know, last last year when we were seven, it was, well, let's let's go ahead and take a look at, at a number of prospects a little more in depth as well. So that was helpful. Um, but today we are going to do our best to, you know, let's go ahead and, and do a mock draft. And, uh, I will take the odds because the Pistons are picking first, and well, of course, you know you got to do it. And then Ethan will take the evens, and we're gonna go ahead and you know pick players uh, for as long as we can. And um, if you know we gotta talk a little bit more in depth about a person or two, uh, we will. And when it's all said and done, if there's someone that we've not yet talked about that we just wanna take a moment to shout out and and mention. You know we're gonna do we're gonna do that too. So uh, sit in, and sometime between now and whenever you're in the draft, whenever you're listening to this, if it, if it goes long, just you know break it up, put the pause button on, and come back to it at some point before the NBA draft. And you know what? Maybe you, I don't know, I don't know what, what what how many picks do you think we get right, Ethan? How many picks we get right? Um, well, I know we're gonna get one right, unless uh, Chad Ford has his way. Oh no! Oh no! We don't mention. Don't mention. We do not. We do not mention his name here on this podcast. Uh, um, I would say we. I'd say we get about about six. I guess we're we're gonna get a we're gonna get a random later one, a couple of random later ones. And I think we I think we get, I think we get four of the top six right. Okay. All right. Well, I I'm gonna say we get. I'm I'm gonna be bold, Ethan. We do, we get ten correct. Ten. Ten. Actually, I should I should wait till after the pot after all this to when when I, when I keep t- taking a 
when I keep taking people's names that I can't pronounce as, as well as I need to, um, and I just botch the entire draft, and, and you're just picking up the scraps trying to get get to eight or ten, it's it's going to be an ugly sight. We'll see. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get started here. Um, to start, the Detroit Pistons are on the clock, and you know what? We're no funny business, right? We are taking Cade Cunningham. We've been we've been down this road. It's been fade for Cade since the beginning, and uh, Kate Cunningham is the um, consensus, uh, our aggregate number one pick, right? Yeah, we in in our draft prospect sheet, you know, where it spans the Athletic, ESPN, Bleacher Report, Tankathon, CBS, Sports Illustrated, The Ringer, and a few others along the way. Everyone except for Tankathon has Kate as their number one prospect, and being the six foot uh, eight do-it-all uh, type of player, right? The large wing, um, you know, it, it's he's he's the guy. He's been the guy from the beginning, and he's done nothing to suggest otherwise. He His shooting ability, uh, especially tough shot making, uh, a little reminiscent of, I would say, a Chris Middleton. Um, but you also kind of pair that together with the his ability to facilitate, especially in his high school tape when he was on that team with, Scotty Barnes and a few others. I think that there's a few, like, four guys that are going to go in the lottery from that team. And he was making every pass that you wanted to see him make. I wouldn't get too wrapped up in the turnover ratio that some people, Chad Ford, seem to be getting caught up in. And, and anyone who's kind of a Cade slanderer out there, uh, guess what? His team in Georgia got to make shots, right? And, and so it, it's... It, I... The only thing that's a little bit concerning, I think the correct knocks are, guess what, he's not the uber-athletic guy. So uh, he's, you know, we, we when you're a large wing like that, guess what, you can utilize different types of athleticism, right? Rather than the standard type of athleticism that I think that we tend to, to focus in on. And the only thing that I kind of worry about, but I don't even think is that big of a deal, is on the defensive end, there were times where he didn't quite show it, but there were times that he did. And for me, I think I just want to see flashes on that end. Um, I don't think he's going to be your lockdown, like Kawhi Leonard type of defender where you're you're like that. But I don't see why he can't be part of a solid defense. And his versatility allows you to do so many different things. Um, if you want to be a switching type of defense, you can do that. Uh, if you and and for me, that's. Uh, you know, if you want to play a little more standard or base, like you could do that too. So I, I just view um, him as really not having many weaknesses, and so yeah, number one pick. Let's go. I just love the Freudian slip of Richard talking about Kate's teammates at Georgia, um, not not Oklahoma State, and I wonder if there's a if 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 we have some. Uh, I mean, I know there's not because I know you love Cade. Um, but it's almost like you thought he was like playing with some of Anthony Edwards' teammates from a year ago. Honestly, it, it's it, it, there's reason to. I mean, Anthony Edwards really only had one guy who was willing to. Uh, you know, last year's number one pick only had one guy who was really willing to to shoot the three, and it was kind of like the pick and pop center. Uh, man, I'm forgetting his name right now. It's tough. Uh, we watched too many, too too much of him to be honest. Um, and. Uh, so, like, yes, but at the same time, guess what? Cade's shooting, like, 40% from three, as opposed to Anthony Edwards' 29%, right? He was still looking for other guys and facilitating him. Guess what? They, they, they made 
they were good enough to make the tur- tournament and go in a couple rounds. So, like, I it's the the more uh, apt comparison between an Anthony Edwards is him with maybe I don't know maybe it's the next guy that we talk about and if it is we'll, we'll maybe mention it then. Uh, but I I just don't see any reason why Cade isn't the person here. He can he can do everything really an all around prospect and um, uh, there it is that that's the pick for the Pistons. And when you're talking about team fit as well, like I, I really like the starting lineup that's coming around for this team with uh, with Stewart, Grant, Cade, um, theoretically Killian Hayes, uh, Sadiq Bay could mix in there if you want to go a little bit bigger. You could because with Grant and Bay's defensive abilities and abilities to shoot, you're not really losing anything there when you go a little you know a little big. So I like that they could play a lot of creative lineups. Not to mention theoretically. A Jeremy Grant at the five lineup to close some games. If you're talking like, I think about if you're playing the Nets specifically, and you really just need guys who can play some like, keep your man in front of your defense. No one's like the super rim threat, like in terms of just dunking on people's head. There's no crazy, um, you know, offensive rebounder for the Nets. If you're trying to win uh, game 40 of the season, I could see a super super small lineup out there. Uh, interesting. Um, I don't know if I would do that. I would just say. Let's go. I, that, that's where I would play Isaiah Stewart at the five, and and say, hey, you you guard Bruce Brown and have some semblance of rim protection there. But I, I I get it. Um, the concern with the fit is if Killian can't shoot it, then then that's tough. But guess what? If Killian can't shoot it, then it doesn't matter if we take someone who is theoretically a you know like people talk about the Jalen Green as potentially being the better fit because he can play the shooting guard alongside Killian and and bring more. Guess what? Like. If Killian can't shoot it, then he's not on this team long term. He's he's not a long term guy. So like that. Cade's a better shooter. Yeah, like my issue with basically the top three to four of this is you, you're such a bad team. Top three, right? Toronto Raptors, not a, not an awful awful team. Like like top three, there's there's no one on the team that should prevent you from taking the best player on your board, right? So uh, I don't really care about fit. Um, you can adjust fit long term if you need to. You gotta just get get the talent there. Um, I, and if if Killian can, sorry, if Killian can shoot it, um, then it's it's a phenomenal fit, and he can defend he can defend your guards because that was one of the things that Killian showed the ability to defend. And so I'm I'm on board. Uh, I I love it. And guess what? The Pistons are trying to win a championship next year. I mean. So, but like they're not. So it's it doesn't matter. I I am I'm all in. Let's do it. Absolutely love it too. Time to move on to the Houston Rockets. It's really between two players here, between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green for me. That's where that's where it comes down to. You kind of look at the the, the roster here um, of the Rockets, and they kind of have you know one guy theoretically in the way on both in both departments, uh, but. Um, I, obviously, that's not how you decide to draft here. You need to decide who is going to be able to uh, produce either a really good defensive lineup for you that is pretty is anchored, um, like with via Evan Mobley theoretically being a very good defensive player with a lot of offensive promise as well. Or can Jalen Green's um, slashing ability, uh, I think, a pretty good jump shot, especially off the catch and shoot, is that going to be something that can uh, provoke a good defense? So. I am going to go uh, Jalen Green here. 
um, as as my rightful my rightful job as the Rockets GM here. And this is the reason I I really like Kevin Porter Jr. and him as a backcourt fit. And I know that they that we might be a little short on some playmaking, but I think that with a t- with a team like Houston. Um, having a lot of options and not trying to win. They're just trying to get better every day. I like the, the ability to spread the floor with Christian Wood if they if they retain him to help both those young guards develop their uh, facilitation skills with a spread floor. I think it's a very healthy um, ecosystem, um, at least with surrounding talent if they're healthy to develop, not to mention like a John Wall if, if he's still there. Um, he's a guy that, you know, you, you swap around who's playing with him. You have a little three-guard lineup. Hopefully Eric Gordon is on his way out so he can play for a competitive team. Um, and maybe that, maybe that's a way to get another pick um, in this draft or future. But I, I think Jalen Green's a pick here because I think Kevin Porter has enough has enough playmaking chops to be a, a point guard in this league. Jalen Green as is going to be a great off-ball cutter, slasher, all that kind of stuff. And while Evan Mobley really attracts me for, you know, having a, a defensive hub to start a team around, especially a guy who seem, theoretically can be a, a, a decent switch guy, his hips are a little high, but he is a better athlete than like a Nas Reed, whose hips high is the whole reason I said he shouldn't be an NBA player. A um, little wrong there, but, you know, it's he's fringe. Um, I just think Jalen Green gives you the best, the best chance of hitting your – getting back up to your – playoff contending tier i would i would also probably go dylan green here um it's for again you, you mentioned there there's kind of one other guy being christian wood or kevin porter jr who's just kind of there again they don't matter it doesn't really matter so you take the guy who you think is there uh and guess what there's people who think that hey the position for evan mobley really should be uh the four especially to start out um there's people. There's, there's some ridiculous people who think really he's a three-four, which I don't see at all. That's it's a little bit, a little bit much. But you can conv- you could convince me of him being a four. Um, and with with Jalen Green, one of the things that I think you saw flashes of, but didn't see tons of with, at the G League night, is some of his facilitation, some of the ability to make some some reads out of the pick and roll. Jarrett Jack was on that team and. Uh, and so he had some more opportunities on ball there. But you know, Jalen Green, you, you can see some of that there. His issue is that he's got kind of a slight frame. Um, the comparison, he's the guy who people um, are trying to draw comparisons with Anthony Edwards as, hey, the, the, the shooting guard and who's uh, you know, going up high in the draft. And the Jalen Green is m- just much more efficient, um, much uh I just think a better offensive player and understands his understand things a little bit more. Whereas you could see with Anthony Edwards, he would get to and just take shots that he shouldn't and uh, doesn't have like Anthony Edwards should be attacking the basket at a ratio of like about seventy to thirty percent, right? Like he should be doing that and settling for about for about thirty percent. Jalen Green, you can do a little bit more with with his. Slider frame, there's questions, hey, can he be the potential defender that Anthony Edwards is going to be, uh, where just the, the strength involved with that? But uh, I like Jalen Green's defensive awareness and positioning better, and, and that those are my questions with Anthony Edwards. Hey, is he going to be able to get there? I'm not totally sold on that on that yet. 
Um, but with Jalen Green, he can do a little bit of everything. It's just the question of does the strength limit uh, his ceiling? But I, I try not to get too bogged down in strength, especially with these young guys, because people will develop them. Yeah, he doesn't have the frame that Anthony Edwards has, but you can get to that wiry strength. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I love it for him in Houston. Yeah, I think it's going to be great, a great fit. And I, I, I did just want to mention before we move on to our third pick, that the whole, like, um, Christian Wood being great for both the young guards' um, development by having to spread floor, I think the same could be said for Mobley learning where to be on the court, playing with John Wall. I just wanted to mention that. As long as John Wall is not trying to, like, play well enough to get out of Houston, like, in a very selfish nature, which if, if, he, if, if John Wall plays – like the you know, like I was always saying in the finals, Drew Holiday needs to play like this team's point guard. Shooting is important, and he need he needs to make them, but he needs to play like the point guard, getting everything else going. If if John Wall chooses to play like that, I think that's more of his ticket out of Houston, more so than him scoring 30 points a game, um, with with sporadic efficiency. Like him being a good a good team guard is going to get him looks more so than anything else. But I did want to mention that John Wall would be a pretty good point guard in my opinion to help. Evan Mobley know where to go on the court. Yeah. Um, Houston is going to have a couple more picks later on in this draft, so we'll see where they go there. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, third pick. Uh, Evan Mobley. We're just going to just just right away. It's he, He's the guy. For me, there's a three. Um, uh, these are the top three guys. Evan Mobley being there. I, I, I personally think Suggs is the, the fourth guy here. I know that there's people who would who would argue that and, and suggest otherwise. Um, and... If, if I thought that Suggs was the, the third guy, then I would have no problem putting him here, even though the Cleveland Cavaliers went out and had Sexton Garland beforehand. I, I just I wouldn't worry about that because I don't think Sex, uh, Sexton and Garland are, again, guys that prohibit you from drafting uh, potentially better players. So it just it works out the way that I just think Evan Mobley is the guy. Now they're going to have to make a decision on Jared Allen if they, if they do this. Um, how much do they want to spend there? They did give up a small asset in order to get there, but I, to, to get Jared Allen, but I, again, don't mind. I think Evan Mobley can play the, the four. It does have some, you have Kevin Love there, which can be a little bit tough as far as trying to figure all this stuff out. But guess what? It doesn't matter. You take the best player and you go through this rebuild process. Um, uh, so yeah, Evan Mobley's pick. I would really, I would really just, I'd be hitting up Charlotte to see if they're interested in giving up any of their uh, forward size people to do a sign and trade. Because if you know, if Rashard Holmes is going to stay in, in Sacramento in theory, um, Charlotte needs a center. A rim protecting center would be pretty nice. Um, I think Jared Allen would be a great fit there. Um, I would think if, like, I don't think you get Miles Bridges, but maybe you can get PJ Washington, who some of the shines come off. Like, I, I, that might be a little, that might be a little rosy considering that they're going to have to be paying um, Jared Allen. But my, my, my greater point is that I think there's there's wing, like, you know, slightly below average wings available um, for um, for a Jared Allen sign and trade. I think there's a trade to be made. I th- Yeah, that's interesting to me. Um, now, the, the thing with Charlotte is that they've got room. So, like, they could just say, hey, we're going to throw together a, you know, $20 million offer and just good luck, you know, go ahead and match it if you want to go, if you want to be someone going to the tax, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's, the thing is, Dan Gilbert, well, I know, I know he's not, is not really ahead of 
operations at the moment, given his health concerns. But he he's been a, like that, that. That's been a team that's like okay with spending some money if they think it'll help. And I, I would I wouldn't put it past them for Jared Allen, who you know defensively there's a lot of upside to. Like I wouldn't put it past them to um to to, to retain him regardless because I think you will be able to tra- find a trade partner. You just might not get as good of a return if you can't find a sign and trade because then there's a theoretical bad money on that contract. There we don't need to dwell on trade options here, but. That, that, that was just a, my first thought. It was like, aha, they're getting a center. They can send out a center regardless. All right, move, moving on to the Toronto Raptors. Oh. Ooh, one, one, more, one, more thing with, one more thing with Evan Mobley. A curious thing to me is just a, a thought exercise um, that I just want to mention to you and, and ask your opinion on. Going from this draft to thinking a couple of drafts down the road, just looking at the prospects that are coming down, like – the best prospects are actually, uh, you know, bigger guys, less guards, less guard heavy. And so it ends up being like you look at um, uh, just at the top of next year's draft in theory with uh, Banchero going to Duke and um, you got your uh, Chet Holmgrens and there's a few other guys, uh, Victor Wembanyama in a couple of years. Like the best, the very best prospects are this, you know, fours and fives um and you know of course people some people will, will slide with me. there's probably guys that i am not yet familiar on um but from what i hear like there's not as many guards in the next draft uh next year um, not many top guards and so i just it makes you wonder and begin thinking about should that have any like if you're a bad team should that have any uh input into what you do this year if you're like hey i'm not i'm not gonna be that great but so I don't totally know, but that would be the argument for maybe a Jalen Suggs over Evan Mobley. If you're thinking to yourself, am I going to get a player kind of in this ridiculous kind of four or five kind of stretch, you know, mold that Evan Mobley kind of finds himself in? Should that matter at all? Um, I don't know if I'm totally sold that, that it should or shouldn't, but it's just something to kind of uh, think about it. if you're if you're a team you know you're not going to be good like Cleveland and maybe, maybe they think that they're going to be good but like I, I don't I don't know um, it's just an interesting thought exercise for me I, I do think that's something you ask your your advanced scouts or not your advanced scouts your your area scouts that have been watching high school games and watching like that kind of AAU tournaments those are the kind of guys who's like hey we got a guy who's coming up that is going to be good there's a dearth of big men like we can probably get one. Um, I would say that matters for teams like the Thunder, like the Magic. If they're, if like, I think I think the Cavs are close enough to being a competent team with theoretically Okoro putting some stuff together, and like I'm not saying they're going to be good, but they're they're I think they're close enough to a team that they 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 need to just focus on who's the best player. And I I would say I, I like Evan Mobley a little bit more than Jalen Suggs, even though I do love Jalen Suggs, which is why I'm going to have him go the Toronto Raptors next. He's clearly the fourth best prospect in this draft or like in the top four, I would, I should say. Um, I honestly love the, the concept of drafting him, um, bringing back Kyle Lowry as well. I keep trying to keep this band together. I really think this team could be very fun with Lowry, Suggs, OG Anobi, Pascal, insert other player here. Let's go. Like, let's have something cooking. Uh, they obviously need a center. They would have been a, this would, they actually should be, a team they they are a team that I would say should be very 
interested in moving up if Evan Mobley is dangled to them just because I, I like the idea of having that front court just solidified of Evan Mobley, um, Siakam, and OG Anobi. I love the, I, that idea of that front court. That's three guys who all can, can shoot enough, and you kind of can figure out I, – I think you can figure out guards a little bit w- with Kyle Lowry or without. I, I don't know if I'm of the let me try to move up. I think I'm of the idea of let's see if someone else just messes up, right? Let's see if Cleveland – goes, uh, you know, I, I'm good with either one of those guys. And and that's the beauty of being in the top four here, that you can just let let the fourth person fall to you and be good and be fine. Um, with the problem if you're the Raptors trying to move up, oh, what well, what's it going to take? Either, like, to move up from four to three, like, if, if that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, if I'm Cleveland, I'm just saying, Okay, um, OG Anobi, attach him, please, and then you don't have that. Then you don't have the front court that, you, that, you're, that you're wanting. So, no, it would it would definitely be one of those things that you're you're not giving up a lot, but you're giving up something. And I would be like in the mold of like a future first or something, like. But that, but then I'm Cleveland saying, uh, if 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 someone really wants to come up and do that, like. Someone else would could theoretically give up more. I like I would, ma- like the Magic five and eight. I mean, I mean that's better. I, I I'm I'm not saying. I I'm just saying if you want your if if you're the Cavs and you're looking at like I don't care who I get here, like we, we we're going to be duplicative at positions regardless if such as they want to retain Jared Allen, and you can take a pound of flesh for a swap. That that's where my point goes, and I I would be very excited for Evan Mobley in Toronto, whereas I'm still excited for Jalen Suggs in Toronto. But like if I'm Toronto, I'd be very excited for. Um, specifically Evan Mobley, just based on the fact that their center rotation was horrible last year, and we're talking about an elite prospect. Yeah, I mean, you can, again, I, I prefer Evan Mobley to Jalen Suggs, um, and and so I would definitely be willing to, uh, you know, if he fell, phenomenal. Um, Jalen Suggs, if he goes to Toronto, which is what we have mocked here, we probably should talk about that, that uh, potential eventuality. I... You mentioned re- retaining Kyle Lowry. I think Three he allows. Three guard rotation. Oh, I mean, of course, but I think he allows you to say, "Hey, Kyle Lowry, if you want to go, it's not going to hurt as bad." Um, and we can, uh, preferably, what some of the teams that you know would want him would require a sign and trade. Like, oh man, the uh, the team that probably really wants Kyle Lowry right now would be the Pelicans. Like, it's been rumored that they really want him. I don't know why. I don't totally get it. But it's almost like they could have just that, kept Drew Holiday. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, probably. Like, uh, there, there can be discussions to be had. But if you want to do that type of thing and you get 10, well, now now, now you're cooking. Now you're in business. Now you, now you can go after some other people. So there's – it's – with Jalen Suggs, I, I love his fit with Fred Van Vliet. I think that that just makes for a defensive uh, backcourt along with OG and Anobi and – they're rumored to be potentially allowing Pascal Siakam to, 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 you know, they're maybe looking for trade partners. I don't really know what that looks like, but man, that would be, um, I, I just love the, the, the kind of versatile, the versatility that a jail, um, that, that, that a Suggs Van Vliet backcourt, uh, gives you. I think about how solid a defense they are with Kyle Lowry back there. And I kind of look at Jalen Suggs as a very similar defender to Lowry with extra inches on wingspan and in, in height. It's like, I, I, of course, I, I'm all in on that defensive backcourt between Fred Van Vliet 
and uh, and Jalen Suggs. Because I think Jalen Suggs is phenomenal, going to be a phenomenal defender. And like I, I look at him kind of like he's a high IQ guy, gets in the right spot, and that's what Kyle Lowry's thrived off of with his defensive ability. But he's you know doing it as a bowling ball, not a you know a bit more of a rangy athlete. My only kind of discomfort with Jalen Suggs is this. I think that the only person that's going to go from a phenomenal to a slightly worse situation as far as their game is concerned is Jalen Suggs. Just because that Gonzaga team was just perfect, uh, a perfect situation for the college game. Like it just, it made it impossible. Whereas I don't think like him going to Toronto. Yeah. Okay. That's still nice. Like better than him going to like Orlando, but it's I, I as far as the you know the gives and takes I, I just a little bit concerned. You're going to a less like fluid offensive system no matter what, and you're play, no longer the best athlete on the court. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a t- little bit of a transition. Yeah, in, in most cases where it's like okay, Kate Cunningham going to the Pistons like even though the Pistons aren't known for having phenomenal shooting outside of like you have you, know, you have you have plus shooting with uh, you know Bay and Grant. It's hey, it's it's still miles better than what we had at Oklahoma State. So it's that that's the only thing with, with Jalen Suggs. Um, but I still think it's it's the move. It's the pick. I think it'll be good still. Um, okay, the Orlando Magic. This is where, like, the first real kind of decisions uh, need to be made. And, man, it's tough. Uh, the You look at just the Orlando Mas- Magic roster and – you have just the lack of shooting is apparent. And, and the, the name that's been floated out there is, you know, Scotty Barnes. And is he the, is he the direction that you should, should go here being the point guard that really can't shoot? And he's who I think they probably take, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't totally love it. Um, and it, I don't know. This is this is tough for me, Ethan. Um, I know this is not great, great, great radio here, but no, it's man. it's tough for me too. Cause like I I think for the little while here, I've been wanting Scotty Bar. Like before we knew where the picks were gonna end up, I if if the you know Warriors couldn't get like in that in that top four mix for entertainment purposes, like I kind of was like, oh, Scotty Barnes would be so fun to just kind of give him. Like if, if he he seems like he knows what's going on on the court so well. Give him some of the Draymond minutes, you know, help, help preserve it. Then they have that killer lineup, and the fact that he can't shoot's not as important because there's a guy named Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson theoretically coming back and being incredible. Like, I th- I thought there could just be a, such a special defensive lineup out there for the Golden State Warriors specifically. Obviously, they get the pick here at seven, so it's not what happened. Um, did you already say Scotty Barnes is the pick? Because I, it, I, I I'm going. It I has hear- to be. I'm going to say count. yes. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I'm going to say yes just because for me, I, I have hesitancy about a few other names here. But I'm so I will go study Scotty Barnes here. And I think for me, it's just more of the they have the eighth pick. So it allows you to uh, be okay with, you know, you don't have to be super worried about fit. And um, if, first, first of all, Florida State people. Um, like they, they already, they already have, uh, gone down that road it, to success, even though Jonathan Isaac's injury, you know, it, it's tough, but like, we're just going to go here because I think, you know, potential upside there. I don't know if he gets there because the shooting, but for what people seem to think he is, 
I don't think he's a point guard. Uh, I, I would prefer him more, like you mentioned, in the um, small ball four role. But I, so yeah, we're going to go with Scotty, Scotty Barnes here and just say, hey, if we're bad, guess what? More bites at the apple next year. Like the Orlando Magic are going to be bad. They're going to be gunning for a awful spot. So, so it's okay. Let's just take him and just see where, see where it takes us um, with the potential upside. If, if somehow he ends up shooting, I don't see how he does, but uh, um, every, he does everything else well. So I, I love it. I like, I like him even being able to play all like with the guy like Jonathan Isaac, uh, Chume Okiki, Wendell Carter. Like we, we have some options here where you take the best player I think that's available, which would be Scotty Barnes or Kaminga, just depending on what, what your preference is. Do you want a guy who's a little bit more moving around? I mean, I, I there's another guy specifically that I have in mind who might be the best player. Um, and it's going to hurt me when I take him off the board with the next pick. Um, but I, I was, I'm glad you didn't take him and wait. No, I that, wanted, that, he, I wanted he to was, say his name. No, he, yeah, he, the, the guy who you're about to, t- you, who you're about to take with the sixth pick, I was thinking, uh, for Orlando. Um, I don't know if you want to spoil it now. Just, just. We'll, we'll, we'll spoil it in a second. But I, I, I just wanted, I just want to hit on that with, with those four players I mentioned: Okiki, Barnes, Carter, and Isaac. You have the options that you have a, you have a little bit of time to kind of figure out which, like, if, if it's a pairing or if it's a three rotation. You have, an, you have an option to figure out what, which ones play the best together, which ones can maybe all three share the court because Chume's like a pretty good shooter, like. Isaac can be a good shooter. Like I would think he's going to be at some point. He just never can stay healthy. But you have all guys who have great defensive potential that if you can get shooting from somewhere else, you, it might just you know merge and mesh at some point. And with the potential of him, I know he played point guard minutes. Like He played point guard for, for that team. Obviously, coming off the bench was a weird rotation for a state. We all, we, we all know that. Uh, but you've got, you know, your Markel Fultz coming off of injury as well. You've also got Cole Anthony from last year. Cole Anthony, I view as more of the backup long-term. But, like, so you can just see how it goes. Do you want him to try him at some point guard minutes? See how it goes. you want to try him at some of that 3-4 um, type of uh, spot? Just see how it goes. Like, you have the ability to tinker with it all to just say, let's be bad this next year. We'll tank it. We'll do it again. And you can... Try it out and, and, and just see what ends up working, what, what ends up being the best situation uh, and place for Scotty Barnes to to play and, and work at. And, you, you know, so I think he's the move. Go to OKC now. Sick. All right, OKC's taking James Book. Yep, yep. I I I like James Book Knight as well. Um, if, I, if you're Orlando, you're probably hoping he gets to eight, but I don't, I don't think he does. Um, so... With Book Knight, his percentage numbers are down a little bit, but he had some wrist injuries this year. I like the shot. Just if you're if you're just watching footage of him going in and shooting, like it looks nice, looks pure, and uh, he took some difficult shots with OKC pairing him with um, an SGA. I I, I really like that. Um, they they need that type of guy, and even if he doesn't hit the highest uh, percentile outcomes he can definitely be an off the bench type scorer for you and and so I, I just see him as a great long-term fit there and I you know there might be some guys who teams have as potentially oh maybe, maybe this could be a, a higher per, you know a potential higher percentile outcome if this person hits their max in like a Kaminga 
Uh, but I think you go Book Knight because I, I, I see him as being able to uh, fit now and potentially develop into a, a, a solid role with, with this team going forward. And I think specifically for the, like this team individually, like, I, I think he might. I think he he's my favorite player left on the board, or was left on the board. Um, I I might have had it. Like I probably would have taken him if I had the odd odds picks. I probably would have taken him for the Orlando Magic, knowing that I also would take him for every pick until the next one. Like it's so, like I knew he wouldn't get to. I know I knew he wouldn't get to the eighth pick. Um, but. I think with a pairing of Shea, like some of his size concerns, like for this specific team, can be uh, marginalized. But I, I just really like, like he—he's a lanky guy. He like really just kind of—he's he, just so smooth, and that's what I think I can't get over with him. Is he's just such a smooth athlete, and like I think his shot looks good. His percentage, his three-point percentage is bad, but like his free throw percentage is good. And with that in mind, like I'm gonna trust that he, this man can shoot, like. Everything about him looks smooth and under control, and I think he's just with with UConn. UConn's still working on becoming, you know, a, a big time basketball school again. Uh, but they're back in the Big East. Like, hopefully, they can get some more players up there. But like, I, he he just he just checks the boxes for me, man. I, I watch him and I get excited. Yeah, I, the Golden State Warriors are sad that you took James Booknight um, because it. First of all, I don't. I'm not. I don't totally buy that the Warriors are going to be picking here at these spots for themselves. Uh, come draft night, I think they really want to make a, a move. But yeah, they're 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 sad that you that you did that. Ah, okay. So Golden State Warriors, seven. Uh, we've got Kaminga, who slid a little bit compared to where he was for most of the year. He's uh, has been like the consensus fifth pick until more recently, where he sl- slid down to six with Barnes going up. And it just with the Warriors, it's tough. Like, are you trying to get someone who can help now, or are you just trying to take the stab at, um, you know, potential upside? It, you know, they, they, did, they did the whole Wiseman thing last year, and it hasn't worked out for them as of right now. But, I mean, you know, he, he hadn't really played in, in uh, a couple of years. For, for me, I look at... I want to get someone who I think has a little bit more like certainty that this guy can be someone who can can do something, right? I don't know if I want to go for the complete upside Kaminga swing or if I would rather go for someone uh, you know who, who might be able to contribute a little bit this year in some regular season situations and and you know keep retain some value if they if the right package comes uh, available. And so for for me, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Moses Moody. Let me go ahead and get some guy who can uh, do some three and D where he doesn't have to be super on the ball. And you've got Clay Thompson coming back, and Clay is probably gonna slide to a three. You want to get this guy some defensive you know minutes. And I, again, I don't think Moses Moody necessarily has the highest upside of everybody who's there, but I think he has the right blend of potential. Um, you know, upside guys who can could be the three and D potentially plus guys, uh, and and so he shot about 36 percent from three. He got it. He'll take him. Um, um, and I I just think again he's got the frame of a Mikel Bridges. He's not Mikel Bridges uh, defensively, but it's I think that it is a you know potential swing there. And you got another pick coming in fourteen if you if you. If you need to, so that's the that's the direction I want to go. Moses Moody. I love that pick. 
Um, I was like I haven't I haven't watched him in, in a deep amount, but I I know I've watched some Arkansas, Arkansas games, and I will say this: something I like about like random little teams in college basketball is I like finding coaches that have NBA experience and Eric Musselman has NBA experience and that gives me more confidence in guys that he brings in because he is going to have, he kind of still probably has an eye towards what works in the NBA and bringing that back to the college game versus trying to, you know, find the NBA game, um, you know, from a bunch of college zone and stuff, right? So I, I was watching him and I'm like, oh, he's a guy I'm going to reach for if uh, in this mock draft, if um, if the situation comes. But I think it's a great pick. You know, he's got some size. He's, you know, supposed to be a pretty good on-ball defender. Like, you know, those kinds of things. Like he's supposed to, like, be a high-energy guy. And those th- those things you can translate into um, into good stuff on a, on a, on a good team. If, if this pick stays with them, I think that's a I think that's a really smart gamble slash still good value. And we say reach just because in the consensus ranking he's twelfth. Um, and I mean Book Knight was seventh, but he, he goes sixth, right? So so the guy who who's kind of been skipped over is Kaminga. We mentioned him already, but yeah, it's once you get past the top four or five, it becomes kind of nebulous, and and all these guys end up being in a similar tier in my eyes. So. Uh, Moody is the direction that I decided to go with that. Now we have the Orlando Magic, which is you. I picked Scotty Barnes for them originally at five. Now they have eight, and so this is, I'm curious as to the direction that you are going to go with this. There's three players on my on my list, and they all have different like flaws that I'm not stoked about. Um, I'm I'm looking at Josh Giddy, Cameron Tom Thomas, and I'm looking at uh, Davion Mitchell. I'm look these these. They all have they all have very different reasons why I'm considering them. Um, Cameron Thomas right now is the leader in the clubhouse for me personally because I just like bucket. You know, we 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 just need buckets, need shots to go in, and that's what he provides. I'm sh- I'm not sure if that's the highest of value. I'm not sh- like I'm honestly not sure where he's in the consensus rank. I might have to pull him up. Twenty third, twenty third on the consensus rank, and the 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 knock is that's all he does, right? And so. Is he more of just of the off the bench, you know, of the Jamal Crawford? And uh, I mean, is that what he is? You know, off the bench scorer, Lou Williams type. And I, I think that's, and I, I do, I do hear hear that as a as a problem. Um. So, but he, he just being an absolute bucket, I, 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 I believe that will translate. Makes makes me confident in if it, it being a reach, but it makes me confident in that reach. Um, Josh Giddy is a, a thing I like about him is he's 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 big playmaker and I I watched his shooting like I watched his shots and they didn't go in a lot in the the highlights I watched but it doesn't look broken and I I, I trust that there's going to be some NBA I think I think there's going to be a spot for him to be a good shooter at the next level I also look at at fit when we're talking about and he, him being a big guy playing if, if he can shoot if he can't shoot we're in a lot of trouble because now we have you know six guys that are supposed to be part of this rotation that can't shoot but if, if he can shoot or, or keep the the spacing open by his great play uh facilitation i think this could be a very pass happy team um with with barnes with with isaac with with giddy with fultz and also even cole anthony who um impressed more so than um, i would have given him credit for a year ago um 
So th- those are my two leaders. And David Mitchell, I just don't. He's just he's so small. He is a little old, but I don't I don't hate age. I don't I really don't. I'm I'm a big guy who thinks um, if you're getting if you're getting a good player and you're going to get eight years out of him, that's better than expected average. I'm 100% okay with it. But the shooting terrifies me because it's one year of three-point success from the college three-point line. I know they moved it back. But the free throws were still not a strength of his minus a tournament run. Yeah. Who do you go with? I'm going to go with Giddy. All right. And I, Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting playmaking. I'm trusting facilitation. And I, I'm trusting what, like, in the in the six minutes of video I watched of him shooting, I'm trusting a jump shot. <laughs> What one th- I don't I don't think his arm is broken. One thing he does is kind of weird with his legs. Um, you'll you'll see it kind of they'll 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 separate a little bit and and so that's just something to look out for there. But I I do think he'll shoot it reasonably well. Um, uh, and it's it's interesting going him and Barnes you know as the large creators and facilitators um, there and I. It, it, I, I don't I, he I like that pick better than the other two options for you surprise you know hey Kaminga right you know, slid all the way down here and and didn't didn't take him even though it's the kind of project upside guy as well but I think Giddy can be that too um for the, for the Orlando Magic when it comes down to it specifically if they're both a little bit of projects I I see I see the path for Giddy and this team as a like. There, there might be. There's a world out there that Kaminga's a far better player than Giddy. 100%, probably a high pot, like decent chance of that. But I, I do see a path with this team specifically where, where it's a very pass happy, pass friendly team, and the Orlando Magic will thrive off ball movement, high IQ, uh, facilitation from a number of players. Like I, I think Jonathan Isaac, Barnes, uh, Giddy, and even Wendell Carter. All those guys are gonna like help breed a very pass friendly team. And, that, and I think everyone will be better shooters because of it. Maybe not Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's it, it's interesting um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I like the Giddy fit. Now Sacramento Kings. People who I'm thinking of here. Uh, Franz Wagner is someone who I think they really like. I think that come actual draft, he will probably be the pick here. But I don't think that the Kings really expected Jonathan Kaminga to get to this point. Um, I'm going to go with Kaminga here just because of the potential upside. And I know that I'm going to need that type of player uh, coming soon with Harrison Barnes. Potentially, if we get to the point where we got to move him because we decided we got to do the reboot, um, I think it could be the move. Uh, I The tough part is I think that this is an awful place for Kaminga to go to. Just for, just for, for, it's it's the problem where it's like, oh man, he's the guy with the potential upside, high upside if they can develop this, but then it's like the worst spot for development. So it's kind of a catch point too there. Um, but I'm I'm going with Kaminga. I just his the raw tools that he has. Uh, you, you just wish you saw a little more on the defensive end. You you know that he's willing to take some shots and he's got some footwork and fluidity there, but. It didn't quite go in at the level that you wanted. It's just the defense looks so awful. And um, it, you also hear so like so many people stand Jalen Green and his work ethic and all that stuff and go out of their way to talk about that. And then it, we're just quiet when it comes to Kaminga. It worries me a little bit, again, with that, with that fit. But if you're the Kings, it's like you're at nine. You didn't expect to 
get this high upside swing at nine. And so I think that the highest level outcomes for you um, suggest, hey, let's go here. I mean, you, you look around the rest of the roster with De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton, and you have healed already. I know healed. They would probably like to move, in theory, to make way for Halliburton, more Halliburton minutes. Um, you know, you've got you've got to figure out what you're doing with their center. But I, I think to give them another kind of 4 or a 3-4, if that's how you want to consider Kaminga, I think giving them that next guy with, with Bagley kind of, you know, aging out. Um, and, and I think he should be out of, out of there. So I, I just, I think this is the move for them if this is the way that it, that the board fell. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger on upside at some point. And, and coming, and like I say, if, if for some reason, like if Kamingo would have been available for the magic and you, you would have chose book night earlier, I probably would have went there. But I, di- I didn't want to be ultra duplicative with um, like project non-shooters with Barnes and Kaminga. That, that that seems like honestly a toxic place to develop if you have literally two of a very similar type of looks. You know, I I, I personally thought you know pat the extra you know passing you know from Giddy and his jump shot that I I have some faith in was the pick. I, but obviously he's a, he's Kaminga's a talented guy. He needs to be taken off the board here. But I'll tell you this: this next pick's really simple for me. And oh, really? I, wow. This is I was I was I'm like oh I have I don't really know the direction that I would go if I were them. I, but I will what tell you, you one I will tell you one thing: and, until Brandon Ingram made his way onto the Pelicans, they'd never had a wing in the history of the Pelicans, and I'm not sure they have any backup wings still. I know uh what what's his name our our Ken, Kendrick Williams isn't there. He could have st- stuck around and been a nice piece for them if they would have would have you know just said no to including him and moving around because I, I don't think they, I don't think they could with the, I think that he had his contract had to be but that it we, we, understand, we understand the person I'm taking now is is someone who I think can really um help in the uh, providing shooting around Zion Williamson provide shooting around um Brandon Ingram and and also I think he's a solid defender I'm going Franz Wagner here um I I, I think if you if you're talking point Zion we're putting Franz Wagner out there with with some size to help with every everything else, and he's a solid defender and he can shoot. I think he's just a, 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 a he might not be the best player like in terms of who can really pop 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 for you, but this guy is going to be a really solid player for you for I, I think a very long time. He's just he's just going to be an, a contributor, and and that's what you need. The Pelicans need, and he's also I think I think he has some pop where he could be a legit elite shooter as well. He he is a. A connector offensively. Um, he just knows how to work and how to play. Um, if you it defensively, his 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 off ball defensive positioning is is beautiful. Like one of the things that uh, in again limited film that I, that I saw from him, but like he just knew exactly where to be and 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 how how to get how to get to the the spots that he needed to. And it's it seems like it is the correct pick. I think especially if you're trying to figure out and decide, hey, can this Zion, Brandon Ingram pairing work? If not, and we've got to move Ingram in order to facilitate, you, you need, again, someone to be there and be a connector. And um, uh, to, yeah, again, his, his defense and just versatility, I think, is, is the name of the game for him, um, I think is it, a big thing. So, yeah, I love it. Um, he's probably who I would have settled on. I, it's just I don't know what they are going to do. Uh, their roster is just full of young guards that I think need 
to get minutes and, and are, are going to get minutes. And but you also have Zion. It, it's just it's a weird roster, and that's the tough part with Zion. It's you need a particular roster to make it work, and and I I think Wagner gives them the best versatility and fit for that. And I think when you're in doubt, you take a wing because we always need wings. He's the he's the ninth person on our on our board, and so yeah, the only person that's gone kind of really outside of it is Moses Moody, um, at number seven, and at number eleven, the Charlotte Hornets. You, you really just let me get to it, and and I I see you out there avoiding having to pronounce names, but we're going Alperin Shangun. Alperin Shangun. It's a sh sound. That's there what I go. said. The, um, I'll, I'll edit it and put that audio. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Alperin Sengun, they are in desperate need of a center. And there it's the question is, could they or should they have gone with a different center in the uh, Kai Jones or Isaiah Jackson? I just think that those are a little bit of a, of a reach at this point. Um, one of the things with uh, Sengun is he is, first of all, he's a little bit taller than people had, had thought. Um, People were thinking of him as like a six nine guy. People now are more under the idea that he's more six ten, six eleven, which fits a little bit better in the center mold. They just they they don't have a center on the roster, and and they they desperately need one. And while there are questions about um, uh, Chengun's uh, deep in the playoffs, right? How how are you going to figure out how to play him with with some of maybe the potential defensive issues that you're going to have? Um, what, what do you, what do you do with that? I do think that that is a, a theoretical problem, but I think that there is at least a role for him. Um, you, I think there's need to be very intentional about who you get with your, at the four spot, who, who's long-term four on the team. You know, they got PJ Washington, um, where defense is a little bit of an issue for him as well. But I, I just, I see it, you kind of steering into the offense and, I think that his facilitation, his ability to um, to work on the post, and I think facilitate out of the post can be something that can work for him long term. And I, I while he maybe he can't be your starting center uh, on a championship team, uh, you still at, at this point we're we're at, we're at eleven, right? You're probably not getting guys who are, um, you know, you can't bet on them being super high impact guys at at this point. Like you can probably find some still. But you also need guys who can just get minutes. I think that, you know, if he develops into the type of person, you can find ways to, like we saw, hey, drop defense can work. Now, maybe he's not the best drop defender even, but, but like you can, still, you can still find some minutes uh, for guys, even, even if they're sparing. So I, I, I just, I think this is the move. I think this is the direction that they will go if he is, um, uh, available for them. If not, then I think you could see maybe a Kai Jones um, creeping up there. Yeah, I, I know I would t- tend to lead, lean, I should say, towards ultra-athletic big men. Just with, with the LaMelo ball. That, that sounds more I fun to me. I get it. I get it. I I just have some questions about the overall game and, and, and how else, like what else can you do? Like you've got some athleticism along the wing and I, I, I understand. And just like for the aesthetic of let's just get someone who can go run and catch lobs. Like, but at the same time, I think you need people who can do different things as well. And his, I think potential, I think he can potentially fit really well with 
um, uh, with LaMelo, it just in, in different ways, and maybe not in the high-flying athleticism type of way uh, that we naturally think and want. So if, if he's as good of a ball mover as – like this is a guy I haven't watched at all other than a quick video um, – if he can if he can move the ball on offense, that's going to help everything. Because then you have him, Gordon Hayward, and Lamelo, who are all, like, to, in my opinion, best shot available would theoretically then be best shot available guys with a couple chuckers surrounding them, and that can be a really attractive thing. Like that's the whole it's a whole concept of the Magic's draft for me uh, with with your pick and my pick for them is that we're, we're we're drafting you know if people would like to pass and are pass first kind of pass happy players. Offense is just better in general, and so if if that's the case with this guy, there's definitely a lot a lot to be said for for that. You got the 12th pick, San Antonio Spurs, and this is this is another one where it's like it's tough because what direction do they go? They have a lot of like okay guys, like you know they get Kelvin Johnson, we like him. They got uh, Devin Vassell, we like him, right? You you you've got. Um, Derek White, you don't like him. Um, yeah, I, 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 he's a good basketball. I don't like him though. Yeah, I, I definitely don't like him as a you know base level human kind of thing, which is irrational. Oh man, a base a base level human. Yeah, just like it's just it's irrational stuff. It's the only reason I don't like him. Goodness, yeah, you have, you have Deontay Murray as well. I should, should mention it's like it's you got like you got some like okay guys one through three. They have a lot of cap space, so it's just, who, who do you got? What are you thinking? So I, I was looking at the, the roster here, and I, I know that there's a hole at a, a theoretical power forward position here. And there's there's a couple guys here with some size, um, one with shooting ability, one not so much with shooting ability. Um, one of them's older, one of them's younger. The two guys I have running around my head right now are Trey Murphy and um, Jalen Johnson. Those are the two guys that are, are, are popping up in my head. I look at Jalen Johnson, I see, and I, I think this is a pretty common one for him. I see some, some Kyle Anderson vibes to him where he, his shot is deeply questionable, but he kind of like in the games he played, he, he had a de- a solid feel for the game, kind of like moved the ball, but his shot just bad, bad, not, not, um, not not attractive. I know he shot. I'm so looking at his stats. He shot 44, percent but he took 18 of them. Didn't play a lot of games. So those are the two guys I've got the most consideration for. And I'm looking at guys who are just going to be able to come in and be contributors at you know a very just serviceable level, but fill a position of need with some theoretical upside. Like um, Trey Murphy could is supposed to, is going to be a good shooter. I have 100 percent confidence in that. Um, and that's honestly where I'm leaning the hardest. I was wondering if you have any input here as my assistant GM, Richard. And you don't, I don't want you to, you know, we're, we're doing this thing to be good, like a good mock. Um, um, tell me, is there anything that you're looking at as like, wow, like that, th- those are names I would not have considered. But I just look at this team as not needing guards. And I, I happen to like those two as like some versatile wings that I think have a role for this team. Yeah, it's, it, it's tough at this point. Um, and... Like at this point of the draft, a lot of the high upside guys there. I just I just view Jalen Johnson as you mentioned, like a Kyle Anderson. But like look at Kyle Anderson's shooting. Like that's he's hitting he's hitting like at I would say like a ninetieth percentile expectation for his for a shoot. Like he's like if you can get that, like that's that's pretty awesome. I just view him as like a less athletic and um like Kyle Anderson probably fits the mold, but like less athletic, 
worst defensive version of Ben Simmons. And what's that? Like, it's just not good. Uh, you, get, you, got, you got the guy who got some facilitation. So, yeah, Colin Anderson probably is more of the comp. But I just, I, I just, I'm not happy about it if, if that's the direction that I end up going. Someone else who you could go with here is an Usman Garuba. He is a, like, phenomenal defender out of out of Spain um, at the kind of 4-5 position. He's undersized for a 5. Uh, you've kind of got the tower 5 already if, if you're, um, you know, if you are San Antonio in your Jakob Pertl. And he doesn't really help your spacing issues. But, again, phenomenal defender. If you can find a way to get him to shoot it at all a little bit from the corner, like just a catch-and-shoot type of guy. Um, and you can have him make some decisions facilitation. Like he might be someone who I think about going with here, but I understand your your hesitation. Trey Murphy, I don't know quite as much about. I know he he had kind of a smaller role, but is a guy who shot shot it well. Um, I. This this is my pick. I'm 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 gonna take Trey Murphy, and here's my reasoning: the Spurs are not getting. I don't think they're getting their franchise player in this pick. I don't think that's available to them. And I think Trey Murphy, you know, he he's a little bit older. He's 21, so like he's he's oh no, you're, you're gonna draft a a junior out of college? That's crazy. But I I think you you when you're when you're looking at this team where they're at right now, you got. You got Keon Johnson, who's a great role player, going to be a great role player for a long time. Maybe a little bit of a chance to pop up and like maybe like grab like a Tayshawn Prince kind of like you know star sh- shooting star for you know a couple seasons of like really high percentage threes, great defensive player. You got you know Derek White, as much as I hate lament to say it, good. I also think great role player. Um, like really right, the only guy on the team right now that has a chance I think of popping is Lonnie Walker. Kelvin Johnson, I, I like him a lot. But you, you think Kelvin Johnson's a popper though? Like I, I looked at him as like that's that's who I just said Tayshawn Prince. No, like, but that's, like that's where he t- I I get what you're saying, but I um like he could be if if I, I don't want to get into this too much, but like the the third guy in a championship team ends up being a guy who can do a lot of different things and KCP right third guy in a championship team, but you, you just like. Like I, I view that you, as you his still as need his that LeBron though. Oh, I mean, of, of course. Like you need you need the LeBron if you're gonna have that. But like I, I just view him as, hey, he he can get to that guy. You know, you're you're probably more ideally fourth guy. So you're you're right. It's just you're not gonna find that guy here. So, so that's my greater point is I don't think you're like a uh, Keon Johnson gamble is is in the cards here. Like you already got that with Lonnie Walker. He's not going to play. He's going to be too erratic. Pop's not going to play him. I don't know what the assistant coaches on the Spurs are going to say. But Lonnie Walker can't get minutes. He's a much. He's a he's a good shooter. And they 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 they've held him down for far too long. I'm looking at saying I'm grabbing a guy who's going to be a contributor to a roster for a nice amount of time, and I'm going to wait till we lose again and I get the first round pick next year. The other person you could have considered, potentially, if you really wanted to kind of take the upside swing, is a Zaire Williams. If you wanted to do that. And so I don't, I don't know, but okay. Trey Murphy, fair enough. I, I'm just looking at that tight guard rotation. And I, I, I honestly just, I don't see, I don't see a way that pop is going to, you know, not play the best players available. And I, I just don't see this team as a developmental team um, for another guard. And while, um, yeah, there's, there's guard. Some guys. I mean, Dyer Williams is, I think he's also, like, I, I got to look at the most recent. 
he's stuff, tall. But he, he's he's, he's probably tall. a little taller. But like, I think he's I, I look I look at him as like a a perimeter scorer, personally speaking. Um, I I like Zara William. Don't get me wrong. Um, I I'm looking at I don't I don't see a lock for uh I don't see a lock for a, a ten year or a, a ten years might be a, I don't see a lock for an eight year NBA career anywhere. And Trey Murphy gives me the most confidence that that guy's going to be shooting threes at a high percentage for eight years. I'm this is the obvious trade trade back candidate. Uh, if you're San Antonio yeah, Spurs, that would be like, a great opportunity. Yeah, like look look at the Knicks, look at the Rockets, see what see how they want to handle things. They want to get up into the lottery, and they get, each have two picks in the twenties, like where you could go out and get maybe a similar guy in uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl if you trust the Villanova um, ability, and you think he's going to shoot it. Um, but yeah, I, I, sounds good. Um, and Pacers. Um, so uh, Elkin, you're not here today, but uh, I don't want to do this to you. But what what if we took Corey Kispert here? That would probably make you upset um it wouldn't be, wouldn't be an awful pick as he is the 14th guy I, I mean i don't know if i can do that to elkin though ethan um feels like if it was me i would be going the keon johnson route like that's probably the direction i'd be taking it 100 percent the name in my head so that's that's probably where i go sorry we couldn't make it happen for you elkin to, to get you Corey kispert but we'll go keon johnson just the crazy athlete who is going to bring it on the defensive end, and you just hope that, you know, the high percentile outcome of, hey, if he can shoot it, man, that's, that, that, that would be, I don't know, that, that, that's the outcome you want. If not, you know, he, he's a project, and project with high upside, so. And it, it, when you're playing with a, with a Sabonis as your hub, a guy like that who is such an athlete, a lot, like a threat, if he can shoot it all, he's a threat from all levels because you can throw it up and let him get it. He can cut like there's there's a lot of a lot of hope that Keon can do a lot go lot for a team um, if if you give him if you don't make him be the playmaker. Not sure if he'll do tons with Rick Carlisle there this year, but that's okay. You can develop. But the G League hopefully will be in full swing. All right, Golden State. <laughs> All right, well this is um getting to a tough spot here, man. Because I, I, I do think is. this picks on this picks on the move. I, I really I really do believe that. Um, I mean. I think they got to go with someone who plays defense. That's that's the number one gripe, and this is where I I, I think Usman Garuba is my pick. Unless, like you talk me out of it otherwise, but I think Usman Garuba and his incredible defensive upside, uh, training under a Draymond Green sounds like a great place for him to be. So that's a potential direction. The other names that you'll see thrown out there are Davion Mitchell, Corey Kispert, right? The the guys who are older who could theoretically make you know theoretically potentially help out you know Corey Kispert just 3 and D guy okay cool we got we got Moses Moody we got our potential shooter in that regard I would I, if, if, if I were going to go in the older guy who's going to contribute right away I'd go Mitchell here just to be a bad like I think he could help with the, the non-curry minutes for the, the 10 you get in the regular season the five you get and I think he could pl- probably play alongside Curry a little bit because he is a hustler defensively um like I don't think he's just going to be a, like no like when Curry's on the court you're going to attack Curry because you're going to wear him down. If there's if the size thing's a problem for Mitchell, it's not going to be a super problem because you're always going to attack Curry. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's one of those things that you don't really need to worry about. But I think Garuba, as a, as a development guy, um, if if they're not trading these picks, or I I just like the idea of him being able to learn a lot from Draymond and and being a versatile defender that they can they can pull off. And with, with the ability of Stephen Curry shooting, that you have to guard him as soon as he crosses half court. Is there a problem with having a Garuba on the court? Yes, it makes it harder. But a lot of times, 
comebacks happen when you can get stops. And with Curry, you can always get points. I'm, I'm, I'm picking a guy who I think will help them get stops. Draymond's gonna love him, by the way. <laughs> even even though it's even though it's like he's the eventual replacement, it's yeah, like I, he's alone. I, I think I think that's why I, I I just it clicks in my brain. It's like yes, get this guy, give him to Draymond. They're they're gonna they're gonna connect. I I, I do think Davion Mitchell would be a good pick. Other also though, I I think he would do great as a backup point guard. I think Jordan Poole could use a lot more of the um, catch and shoot stuff versus some of the off the dribble stuff. That's personal opinion. He did he did do well in in spurts for the Warriors last year though. So uh, there's lottery, and I'll say the Washington Wizards at 15 are so sad that Aruba's off the board, just just devastated. Um, and I, who knows, Beal could be on the move, and so they just the tough part is trying to figure out what that trajectory looks like. Who do they go with in that type of situation? Um, if they're I know trying, who I'd go with. You know who you go with. Well, for for me, just because I am trying to. Um, I'm trying to, no matter what, I think I, I would like to go for a, an upside swing and I would like to, uh, I think regardless of, of where I fit, and if these guys have been known to develop these uh, larger wings, this is where I'm going with Zaire Williams. And That's so exactly who, uh, it's, it's group thing, but of course. Of course. I, I think, again, Garuba would have been my pick here if he was still there, but you just look at some of the other guys like, yeah, they need a big, they need a center. If Shangun was here, I'd probably take him too. Um, but if it's, it becomes, it becomes tough here. Um, it, it, this late in the draft and with Zaire Williams, you do get that opportunity. His situation in Stanford uh, was just, just probably one of the worst types of situations in the pandemic and stuff that you could have been in um, with some of the stuff that happened off the court. Uh, in, in his family, um, and just the never having a home game, always had to be on the road. Like, there, there's reasons and explanations, um, not necessarily excuses, but I, I, I've seen flashes enough, and I, I think that it warrants things, if you're, especially now that you're out of the lottery. So, let's do it, Zaire Williams. It, although he has some wonky shooting mechanics, I don't think it's broken. His free throw percentage is high. I mean, he didn't play all that much this year. Like, let's 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 put it where it is. But I, I really do think he's got a lot of um, a lot a lot of make your own shot um, potential, and and that that's an attractive thing when you're when you're a team that's in, I would say in a rebuilding mode, even though they might want to hold on to the Russell Westbrook eight seed, ten seed, whatever you want to call it these days. All right, we're at OKC here and. I got I got I got a guy that's in my head here. Um, they they just sent out a center in uh, Moses Moses Brown, who was putting up some fun numbers. Um, I I, I kind of want to go to center here, and I'm looking at Kai Jones, an athlete I'm uh, attracted to, and I'm, that's where I'm going to go here. I'm going to send Kai Jones there. I think as a rim roller, uh, aggressive shot blocker. I think he uh, he makes sense to 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 be a a theoretical building piece to your backline defense. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I see it. I see the, you know, and again, everyone who you draft with OKC is going to be put into the, like the developmental situation that you, that you really like and enjoy. Like there's, there's minutes to be had and, um, him and Poku in the same front court, man, it's gonna be weird. It's going to be crazy. Well, so Kai Jones, like at least percentage wise, he shot only 33 threes, but he, he made 39%. So like there's, there's, there's a shot for him. That's not broken up there is what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be a 30, a 40% shooter from three. That's not what I'm saying. 
But like his pairing of athleticism with some touch, I really like that. Um, especially when you're talking about like like I, I'm I'm reading some of the the, the minuses here that he's not he doesn't like he's not like a, a guy who aggressively looks for his shot and that he's not a very good decision maker like with the ball in his hands. I got that's that's my reading. Like I I really just kind of watched his shot and watched his athleticism and said I kind of like him. So with all that said, I really like the idea of him going to a team where they they're gonna have. Shea, who's going to make most decisions. I think James Booknight's going to be a really good decision maker, and he's on this team now, in, in our heads in our heads anyway. I, Kai Jones um, being uh, – his highlight package is going to rival anyone's. Um, it's going to be pretty pretty sweet if you if you go in and just watch the YouTube clips. Um, it's just the problem is, like, there's all that middle stuff that needs to happen to connect things, and that's where he lacks a whole lot. And so, but again, developmental situation, rookie seat, sounds good. All right, Memphis Grizzlies, 17. This is a team that has been, you know, draft uh, draft Twitter darlings uh, with some of the moves they make. We lo- we've loved the moves that they've made. Um, and it's it's tough because you go with them and like, they're not afraid to go old if you need to. But at the same time, I don't think that drafting old is is their necessary MO. They just they just took some of the, I just, I just love where they've been and, and, one of the things I that I find uh, is um, I think that they're willing to, to take the right upside swings, and they're also willing to recognize when that's not there. And I think a potential upside swing is here in a Jaden Springer. I, I think that he uh, he's a two guard. They do have uh, quite a bit of them. I mean, you know, Desmond Bain is there. They, they they've um, uh, oh man, I'm I'm blanking the guy who trips people. Um, Grayson uh, Allen. Grayson Allen, thank you. Um, <laughs> tough, tough look for Grayson Allen there. Sorry, it's a stray. Um, but it, uh, I, I, I just didn't say Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, stunt double. Um, but if you, if if you're, if you're trying to find that that right guy in the upside, I I just think that he has real functional athleticism. Um, it's not going to be the Keon Johnson jump out of the gym stuff, but he finds his way to, to make the use of all that he has. And if you think that he can eventually get to the point where he is, uh, you know, going to shoot it, like that's, that's a big question for him shooting 27% from three on, on not super high attempts, but you know, got 70%, uh, 70% from the line. He's one of those guys that I think can be a connector and has a potential upside to, uh, you know, being one of the younger guys in the draft to be able to develop. And so that's where I go with the Memphis, uh, with Memphis Grizzlies. So. I like it. I do like it. I think, I think it's, I think it's always, it's never a bad time to, uh, to get, you know, upside. Yeah. Okay. See. All right. So if I, speaking of upside, (laughs) yeah, I know. And it's tough here (laughs) because it's tough. Like, it's like, they have so many young players. It's hard to know like where are we gonna try and focus on development here. And I already got so we we have them a center. We have them a guard. And I know we're not about we're not we're not a, a squad that's just like we we take like this this guy might not make the roster. There's so many players on this team. <laughs> There's all kinds of guys are trying to develop that you know they don't want to get rid of. Okay, so the the people I'm thinking of because I have an affection for Josh Christopher. He hits my he hits my brain. Um, it's a little duplicative with an earlier pick as James Booknight, so it's like kind of like I don't really want him to go here because I wonder how much he'll play. Save him, save him for me. 
Okay, I I I can get behind that. There's a jo there's a Josh Primo who I am also looking at in here. I I'm getting a little bit of mixed mixed vibes on how tall this man is, Ooh. depending on what um Josh Primo. I'm getting things different things from our our little thing, and I'm getting things from like I've gotten six six and I've gotten six three. I'm like I I really need to know how tall this guy is. And I think he's on the six three side more than the more than the um. 6'6 six, six side, regardless. So those are two names that are in my head right now. And another person I was thinking was, it, it's probably a reach, but and I, I need to look, they got more picks coming at some point, I'm sure, but BJ Boston, just as a, this guy he was a, was supposed to be a top 10 pick at the beginning of the season and just fell fell off the face of the earth with a, just a bad season at Kentucky. But I really, I really kind of like just having another big body in there with by the end of the season, got his three-point percentage up. I think that's who I'm going to – it hurts because like, I really like Josh Christopher here, but like I, I do think that we're getting a little a little deep in the point guards here. Um, point guard so, Josh – so I can help you with that with, with Josh Primo. His height with shoes, um, according to the draft combine, is 6'5", six, 6'4", six, without shoes. So that's kind of the average there. If you, if you average a 6'3", it's 6'6". There we go. I, I, it's just it's just so tough here because there's so much development to be had on this roster. And I also was thinking JT Thor just for another <laughs> absolute th throw a throw a throw a, throw a dart at the board. Um, I'm I'm gonna go. I, I, I'm having a tough time, Richard. I really am. Just it's okay. Just just make I, the pick. I, I, I'm you gonna go it. BJ Boston because I I, oh! I I I want I want the biggest swing you can take here. And I think that's a swing. It, it it's a swing, all right. Man, BJ Boston, get him in there. Um, that was a tough year, tough year at at Kentucky. And um, but hey, if if there's the hey the pedigree gamble, and you hope it that, that's what it comes down to is a pedigree gamble and. And what's the, what's the rule, Richard? When in doubt, take the wing. That's what I did. I suppose. The New York Knicks. Um, the New York Knicks have two picks here, 19 and 21. I'll be, I guess I'll be picking both of those. I do follow some Knicks draft Twitter people who who really, really want themselves some Sharif Cooper for, for whatever reason. Um, I don't think that's the Tibbs. Uh, I, I don't think Tibbs is really thinking that I'll just say that I think that for them at this pick they could though take with 19 and 20 someone who they think could have some semblance of value and 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 production some immediate production but also have some some long you know someone else maybe with more of a long-term stab in the dark we should also mention that this is a team that uh is very connected to some uh, some of the blue bloods in Kentucky, especially with some of the directions that they've gone in the past. If I am the Knicks, like again, you mentioned Josh Christopher earlier. I would love to go Josh Christopher here, uh, but I think that I might, um, I might go in a slightly different direction because I think that Tibbs, uh, seeing seeing how well they did last year, I think that he'll want someone who can bring some immediate. Uh, immediate impact there. I have them going. We're stopping the Davion Mitchell slide, and we're going Davion Mitchell here. Um, and I think this is this is a fine time and gamble to do it. Um, 
if, if he can come in there and again, the shooting is the question. And with the Knicks, yeah, man, you'd like to have some shooting, but uh, Davion Mitchell, I think we side here, even though I don't know if he's my favorite Butler guard, um, uh, but favorite Butler guard, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite but Baylor guard. Sorry. Ba- Baylor. Goodness. I was thinking I was doing anything Corey Kispert here as well. So it, and that's not even Butler. So no, I, th- that's, that's also just, not that's Butler. also comes back. Are you thinking about Jared Butler? I don't know who you're thinking about. I think, yeah, sorry. I was thinking about Jared Butler. Um, and that, that, that's who I, but he goes to Baylor. It's a whole problem. It's a problem. Um, you're, you're really struggling with where people exist. Yeah. We, we're, we're, we're deep into the podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, we're just we're, we're, at this we're going Davion Mitchell. <laughs> not going to waste any time. I think the Hawks might as well just take a, a gamble. They got, they got plenty of rotation players. Why not take a, take a stab? JT Thor going to the Hawks. Wow. JT Thor. Uh, the, we're saying, Hey, we, we've not yet brought you back. Um, uh, he, JT Thor's not playing anytime soon uh, with this Hawks team, but um, hey, when the, uh, when those gal minutes open up, I know who can go in there. There you go. There's the move. All right, so we got Davian Mitchell off the board, JT Thor off uh, off the board. I would have loved Christopher at Atlanta. Thus, just saying. But that's probably good. But I I'm looking at all the guards they have, and I'm like, ah, okay, sick. They have. Great rotation NBA guards. Where is he going to play? No, it's fair. Um, we, with the Knicks, we, uh, with the Knicks, we're going to, uh, we're going to go with, man, it's tough. I find, my, find myself just struggling with this one a little bit. We're doing the Isaiah Jackson. We're going we're gonna to stick with Kentucky. Um, and, uh, we've got some decisions to make at center, um, with, uh, some people's contracts running up. So we're going to go Isaiah Jackson just to keep it fresh. Kentucky connection. Okay. I got three names here for you with the Lakers. I'm going to go Corey Kispert or, um, that Thomas guy. I've lost him in my Cam Thomas. More or less, the idea is shooting. We're getting a guy who can shoot because the Lakers have no one who can shoot. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we go with the guy who is probably the better shooter, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert, interesting, interesting. Okay. It's funny that like I was considering Cam T- like for like, I I really do think he's gonna be able to score based on the the stuff I look at, but it's it's one of those things like. Once you get to the good teams, you're like, well, are you going to be the guy who gets our shots? But when you're talking about the bad teams, like, yeah, we'd love to have you take our shots. It's like for the, for, I literally do think for the Magic, it was something to consider because we need we need someone who can make shots to take shots. So yeah, Corey Kispert for the Lakers. That's that's the one. Okay, Corey Kispert to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Houston Rockets have back-to-back picks here, um, and I I'll, I guess I'll pick one. And then you'll pick one. They, just a reminder, went Jalen Green earlier on in our mock draft here. And uh, so they, they've got their, you know, dual wing backcourt, as it were, with KPJ and him. Uh, Christian Wood, those are really the, I guess Jason Tate's out there. So like they've got those guys on, um, on the team. If I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, What's going to happen? Who's going to take some shots? I, I got to go for some upside swings. Here's where I go, Sharif Cooper. Uh, I just need someone who's willing to share the ball and pass the ball and facilitate. If I got the guys who can shoot in the wing. And again, one of the things that you do have here is his passing and vision is 
one of like the highest talents, if you're just looking for specific talents, um, specific skills in the draft. Like Shreve Cooper has that. His shot is not there. His uh, he's tiny. His I mean, but I that's going to be where I go with this because if you're the Rockets, you need some swings, you know. And and so Shreve Cooper is where I go with the twenty third pick. Well, I honestly thought this was Josh Christopher or uh, Josh. It can Mario. be. It can be. And I'm now stuck where I thought you were going to take Josh Christopher, and I had then a decision to make between Isaiah Todd and going double down with another Ooh, Josh. I don't care about Isaiah Todd. That's, that's just me. I, I, I just look at an athlete and say, I like athletes. Um, <clears throat> maybe, I just, maybe it was where I pull up the Herb Jones and just pick a lefty because got to go lefty at some point, right? You don't have to, but you might. I, I think I'm going to go Josh Christopher, who I thought was a lefty for some reason. Um, and I, I think, I mean, we're, if we're talking about a three guard rotation of the future, green Christopher and, um, the guy we took earlier, Shreve Cooper and also, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is who I was thinking of. When I was talking about Evan Mobley for so long, I, I got him in my head. Got it. All right. Um, so we go there, uh, Houston Rockets, Cooper, Christopher, now the Clippers are on the board. The Clippers, I think, are not actually making this pick. Let me also just say that. But if we're going to make the pick, Cam Thomas. Uh, Cameron Thomas out of LSU. We'll just get that bucket bench score um, because, again, I, I know what he's going to bring. The, the only other person that I would be considering here is Jared Butler. But um, we'll, we'll, go with, we'll go with Cam Thomas. Um one thing that is is interesting here is some people who are still on the board up from up top. Jalen Johnson's still on the board. We mentioned him. Jared Butler's still on the board. Um, I, Chris Duarte still on the board. I'm just going down the consensus rank. So like those are still guys who maybe you know they've slid a little bit, a little bit further than than they probably should have in some cases. I'm okay with Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson sliding, but. Um, that's where that's where we're at right now with the Denver Nuggets on the board. What are, what are your what are your thoughts here? Josh Primo. Ooh. I think he likes to move the ball. I think he can shoot well enough. I think he's a great fit for the uh, the MVP of the league. Fair enough. I, I just, it's just one of those guys. I think it's just I think it's just quick for him. Fair enough. Uh, I I would love Jared Butler there. Too. I've been mentioning his name a lot, so that's where I'm going with Brooklyn Nets, Jerry Butler. Uh, we've got issues of health in the backcourt of the Brooklyn Nets from time to time, and uh, let's get a guy who can, again, be a connector, and I, I don't mind his upside. Like This is a guy who shot very, very well, can defend, um, and I just think he can do a lot for you there. Um, again, a little undersized uh, if you're going to have him be an off-ball guy but it's okay i i think that at this point in time he's this is where i would like to go um in that regard so yeah jerry butler chris duarte will be a 76er there's no no chance he can get past there chris duarte uh so old that there are people who are on their second contracts um uh second contracts who, who are younger than him um he's older than Devin booker i'm pretty sure uh, so like we're, we're talking about a guy who is very old, but three and D guy, he can, he can score, he can defend, uh, 
and you just hope that you know he's able to take that and, and translate it and someone who maybe could help out uh, right away for them. I think it's a good fit. Okay, the Phoenix Phoenix Suns. Man, it's I'm just looking around and it. I, I just I struggle to find. You know, they 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 went. Um, Jalen Smith last year, even though we thought they should have gone in a different direction, obviously. Um, looking at this, I have uh, Christopher's off the board. So was Thor. I forgot to cross those guys out. I'm going to go with... This This hurts my heart because people, this is someone who I want the Pistons to target in round two, but I'm going to go Bones Highland. Um, Nishan Highland out of VCU. I He is... Very body type Emmanuel quickly, um, and you, we all know how much I love Emmanuel quickly. But I didn't just love Emmanuel quickly last year because, you know, of a body type or something like that. I loved his shooting and, and potential um, with the ball. And when you look at Deshaun Highland, he shot 37% from three on nearly eight attempts per game. And I need a guy who can be a little bit of a, you know, have, have the ball in his hands and do some stuff with it. And uh, Chris Paul, got to have some decisions on him. You got campaign potentially. Uh, maybe you got to pay him, or maybe you. I don't know. They they got some options. I'm going to Sean Highland. I think that he could be someone who could eventually develop into something for them down the road. Love guys who take a lot of shots and make them and make them when, when they make them. It's even better. Eighty six percent from free throw line, thirty seven percent from three. I love it. Well, um, I think the Jazz, like, I don't, I don't really know, like, is, is Mike, Mike Conley has a player option, if I'm not mistaken. Mike right? Conley does have a player option. I, I don't think there's no, I mean, he's, I think he's, already. Point is, they got to, they got to offer a contract, I think, to retain him long term, because I think he'll opt out of that in order to get paid long term. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think the player we, it's, the, tr- the trick is, like, with Jordan Clarkson being such a solid player. It's kind of hard to like say they need to have a guard in waiting for the the, the Mike Conley thing. They really need a defensive wing, is what they need. They can shoot. Oh, and I'm trying to trying to find that, that can shoot. One, you said that can shoot. Um, that let's can shoot see. Is a very important thing. I mean, if you want an athletic wing that can shoot, Joe Wieskamp could be the direction that you go here. Um, could be a fan favorite. Uh, he is one of the more athletic guys out there, and again, he can shoot it. So if you if that's the direction you want to go, I should say Jalen Johnson's still on the board there. That that's who I had a thought of too, but I was thinking, how is he ever going to share the court with the team's you know best or most important defensive player? Um, I honestly am look now like I'm, I'm trying to decide if it's it's fair value. Like I know Isaiah Todd's way down there in the the the, the rank, but he can shoot a little bit and he's he's tall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's for me. If it was me, I I would be looking at Joe Wieskamp. I might be looking at Iodasunmu. Um, again, you've got he can defend, which is why I like Io. Um, I probably would have to look at Jalen Johnson as well, just because I mean, he's slim enough. I don't care for him quite as much, but you're saying he's not a first round gamble or pick by somebody here, like. Hmm. That that's like I just don't see how he would not be taken I, I, by this point. Herb Jones yeah. is out there as well. 
I uh, I think Jalen Johnson, out of respect for just some some pedigree in general, we should probably just get him off the board here. Okay, Jalen Johnson. I, I I don't think he's a great fit for the Jazz, but it's I think they're also in the they're probably in the mindset if this if that if he's available there, I think you gotta just take a pretty good athlete. Yeah, I, it's again, it's it's not perfect, but um. He, I mean, eventually you're going to have some people on the wing begin to age out. Just, I, I just felt like I, I kind of wanted to go Trey Mann there, but th- like that was specifically with the mind that if Conley wanted to be on the move. Yeah, but if, if, if Conley's on the move, like with Trey Mann, just. <sighs> I was thinking of a, shoot, like a, a shooter next to Mitchell. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's true. I. For for point guards, um, I, I I don't know. I, I like uh, I like McBride um, a little bit out of West Virginia, but he might not exactly be the guy again who who you're talking well, about. Let's, let's be honest to the audience. We don't know anything. <laughs> at this stage, it's, we don't know anything. At this stage, it's 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 tough. I mean, McBride shot forty one percent, but on like four attempts a game, so it's not quite the volume that that you want to see shot well from free throw line. Like he could be the guy he's, he's going to uh, defend and get, get into your stuff. So like, I, I don't like, I would, I think I would probably lean him over, over Trey man at this point, but my, my conception of Trey man is that he is more like of a, of a bench scorer guy. And I've got that in Jordan Clarkson. I don't know. Yeah. It's that's, tough. And that's why, that's why I, I was dismissing it after. Uh... Yeah. Jalen Johnson's Conley's around. Yeah, Jalen Johnson's probably he should just have gone by this point, so I don't mind it. All right, there we go. We mocked the first round. Um, as you're looking here, um, uh, is there anyone who we've not yet talked about, Ethan, who you like as just a draft prospect, or you kind of like the idea of them? I mean, uh, are there any lefties out there that you <laughs> well, that you want to mention? We already shouted out our, our boy uh, Herb, Herb Jones. Herb Jones, yep. And then I have been watched. I think Joel Ie will be a really good pickup for someone in the second round. I think he's a guy. I think Jacob Preston will have a Jason Preston. J yeah, my bad. Jason Preston, just dyslexic. Um, I think he's going to have a a four game run at some point this coming season where there's a guard that's hurt and he just like hey you know what instead of like messing up the rotation. Like this very it would be a very heat thing to do if like whoever the heat starting point guard is if Jacob, Jason Preston ended up on the team. Hey, we're just gonna throw Jason Preston out there, and honestly, Jason Preston would be a great Kendrick Nunn replacement. Like I, I'd be a hundred percent okay with finding our, finding our way into J- Jason Preston um, as a uh, as our microwave guard off the bench. Fair enough, guys. Who I like, um, who we've not really talked about or mentioned. Jer- well, we guess we mentioned Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's someone who I think actually goes in the first round uh, for one of these good teams if they kind of stick around and just want that kind of connector. I think he'll shoot better than he did at Villanova as well. I, I like his shot um, as kind of like the little, you know, four, you know, I, I think he's he's worse than Sadiq Bey, um, but I think he gives you some of that same type of, um, he knows what to do. He's got the high IQ and he's going to be in the right spots defensively and, uh, so I, I like him. We already mentioned Joe Wieskamp. Um, think he'll think he'll be good uh, as well. David Johnson's another guy that I I like. He just really never put it together because they had Carlick Jones 
doing things over in Louisville, and, and so you have less of the ball in his hands. Um, let's see, anyone else? Get, get him paired with a, a really good shooter, and I, I could see him flourishing. Or is he sharing the, sharing the backcourt either position with a with a really good shooter? I could because he's gonna. I think he's gonna defend well, as as everyone would say. Let's see. Let's see. This is where like last year, like we we knew guys. We were like, oh, I'm 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 in on this I, guy. I, I will say I've heard nothing. I've heard nothing but praise for uh, Quentin Grimes, be, be, like restoring some of his initial like McDonald former McDonald's All American buzz. So good for him. Um, not sure what exactly he does because he's a little undersized. Like he, he, like it says six four here on the ringer guide. I do not trust that. I I watched. I saw him in person, and I, granted, it was three years ago now, but or two years ago now. But he looked very small then. Like he looked smart. He looked smaller than Trey Jones, and they were sharing the court. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I I think those are like guys who I want the Pistons to target. I already mentioned. Uh, Bones Highland, um, I I like Miles McBride again. I feel like for a point guard in, the, in this early second round, um, I Joe Wieskamp we mentioned. We talked about him. I if you want a guy who can just jump out of the gym and is just a, a rim runner, not quite the size, but like Jericho Sims, um, out out of Texas. We didn't talk about the other Texas guy uh, who's again fallen. Greg Brown fallen. Just he was one of the high like higher guys and. I don't know. I think there. My guess is that there's some behind-the-scenes stuff with him that people aren't super uh, thrilled about. He's super athletic, but it obviously didn't work there in Texas when you have him, Ty Jones, and Jericho Sims playing your your you know the bulk of your front court minutes and just yeah the shot never was there. But he's probably a guy that someone will take a shot on in the second round. And Deshaun Nix. Um, I think someone will take a shot on him as well out of the G League. Uh, he, I think he's back into uh, better shape than he was. COVID uh, was, took a toll on him, and and as, as well, like he, he gained a lot of weight when uh, he played a little bit heavier, but I think that he's back at, at a better playing weight from what I've seen, and the hope is that he can shoot it. If he can, then he's got some interesting things as an, as an oversized guard. So. That's certainly all I have for you. I am rooting for Charles Bassey to get drafted somewhere just because he's been on this list for three straight years and has just never stayed in the draft process because he's always down in the 50 to six, through 60 area. But I'm, I'm rooting for Charles Bassey. Uh, theoretically, can shoot. Um, just it's always been a theory. Oh, man. You know, it's absolutely hilarious. Second round. They got Austin Reeves going to the uh, uh, Pacers at, in the second round. So he, he's, a, he's a white point guard. So classic. He's a white point guard that can't shoot, though, right? Um, He shot he 30%. He shot, shot bad. He shot 86% from the free throw line. Maybe there's hope that he can. So I, I, I don't, yeah. His pro- the, on Tankathon, his projected three-point percentage is 36, whatever their, whatever their blah, blah, blahs are. Yeah, it's so. we'll see. Free throws are very important, guys. Make your free throws. Make your free throws, and Tankathon will think that you can do it.